You're listening to Make Your Way, Season 6, Episode 3. Welcome to Make Your Way, where we explore what it means to work and create on your own terms. Along with every episode, we post links to resources mentioned in the episode, along with a full transcript. You can find these materials at drkatylinder.com backslash MYW. Hey, Katie. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? It's going pretty well. How are you? I'm good. I am excited to do another interview on this episode with Robin Folsom, who's going to tell us all about her business, and it's going to be so much fun. I'm really excited to dive in. It's going to be great. I am excited to meet Robin and to learn a bit about her business as well. Yes. So, um, Robin, we are kind of starting out with a who are you and what generally is your business, just to kind of help familiarize our listeners. So can you give a quick introduction and tell us a little bit about your business area? Yes, I'd be happy to do that. Um, I am a former math and science teacher who has gotten certified to be a family recovery specialist and wellness coach. And um, so I want to um, help families, especially moms, master the art of thriving through adversity and begin to see all the possibilities in the world. That sounds awesome. And so, Robin, you were a part of the Slow Hustle program, which we talked a little bit about in episode one of this season. So listeners, if you are unfamiliar with this, go ahead and make sure to go back and listen to that. But I'm curious what led you right now in kind of your business's trajectory to join Slow Hustle. What was it that made you think this would be a good fit as you're starting to develop and think about how you want your business to grow? Well, I looked at, um, when I talked to you, I looked at um, what you had to offer with a Slow Hustle. And I um, have, one of the things I have found out as I have started this journey is that I need people to collaborate with. I need people to bounce ideas off of and, um, Also, it's just really interesting to see what other people are doing. So I was really curious about what it would be like to be a part of a group uh, because sometimes I find that I'm comparing my beginning with someone else's middle, which can be extremely discouraging. So um, uh, I liked what you had to offer. I liked the agenda. I liked all the topics that we were going to cover. And I really liked the fact that it was slow, that we would start... um, that we would meet once a month and then I would have time to actually work on the things that I was learning before we would start on a new topic. So that was, um, that was, that's, those are some of the things that um, piqued my interest and made me want to join Slow Hustle. Very cool. And Robin, I'm just, I'm really curious on what was it in your, in your career that made you want to jump into this new, uh, this new field and this new business? You, you know, you talked about being a, a, you know, math teacher and an educator for a number of years. You know, what was it that, that made you decide, you know what, I want to change my direction and go somewhere else? Well, there were two things that happened in my life. And uh, the first one I remember so distinctly we were on, I was on a family vacation and I was sitting in, we had rented a house and I was sitting in the office and I was on my computer and looking out um, outside because there was a window in front of me. And um, I just remember thinking that I had been listening to just some people that had uh, internet businesses and that kind of thing. And it just, I wanted more flexibility in my life, bottom line. My oldest son had just moved to Austin, Texas, 
And um, I could just see that, you know, I loved being there at the beach with our, my family. And, you know, I just wanted more. I mean, teaching is great. And when we're off, we're off and that's great. But when we're not, we're not. And so it doesn't really offer a whole lot of flexibility in the nine months that we're working. So that was one thing. And then the second thing was um, actually that following year, my dad got really sick and um, my sister ended up having to do uh, give care for him mainly. And because I was teaching and I wasn't able to get a fam family leave as soon as I wanted to, um, I was not able to help care for him the way I wanted to. And actually, unfortunately, by the time I got the family leave, he passed away. And so that was a real pivotal point for me. And it made me just look at things differently. And again, if I had had that flexibility, I would have been able to do the things I wanted to do. So I wanted to find, I wanted to find a career that I could do, that I could enjoy, that would give me flexibility. And really, honestly, that I wasn't looking like working towards retirement. I just want something that I can just do on and on and on. I love that. I love that 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 sort of integration of um, personal and professional life. I think that's something that um, is becoming more of a, a story that a lot of people are willing to share. Those those personal things that happen that make you go, "Wait a minute, I'm." I want to do this differently. This isn't how I want to live my life or I want to just adjust things and have that flexibility. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's really powerful for listeners to hear if, if any listeners are thinking like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this or not or how, or, you know, is a personal reason enough of a reason to, to jump and do something else? Um, the answer is yes, it is. <laughs> live your life. Um, I'm curious, what, what brought you into your particular business or particular uh, kind of subject area that you're working in now? Is there any particular, you know, thing that, that uh, really you decided I want to be working in this particular area? Well, when I first started with this whole idea, and it has been such a progression, you know, it has been a very, very slow hustle for sure. Uh, but when I first started out, um, I did I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, I do this is this is a real personal story too. Um, my middle son has addiction issues, and so I started out wanting to work. I think work with maybe the addict, but I couldn't really figure out where I would fit in that because I'm the family member of an addict. And then, um, and then from there, I decided I wanted to work with people. Okay, so I, I decided I didn't want to do that. So then I decided I wanted to work with people on health and wellness. And that, and then because I'm a teacher and I know how important it is to be certified, to have the credentials to back up what it is I'm doing, um, I decided really kind of backed into the whole coaching thing. And I decided, well, you know, to be certified to help people or coach people with in health and wellness, I need to be a certified coach. So, um, so I went and did that. And in that process, as I was getting certified to be a wellness coach, I realized that I wanted to work with the family members of addicts. That's really where my heart is. That's where my passion is. Um, I think it's um, a group of people who are underserved and there are just not a lot of, re there, there are resources, but not a whole lot of resources out there for the family members of addicts. And so um, after I did my wellness coaching certification, I went through two different levels of that. I decided to go and uh, get to become a family recovery specialist slash coach. 
So that's how I ended up doing what I'm doing. Very cool and very important work. Thank you for doing it. <laughs> it's hard work, I'm sure, but uh, very, very much appreciated by those who you're working with, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I'm wondering, first off, I'm, I'm curious, how long have you been uh, doing this business? Um, sort of when, when did that transition take place? And then what's been the most surprising thing about starting a business for you? What's the thing that you sort of were not expecting and kind of came out of left field? Well, like I said, it's been quite a process. Um, I think when I first decided my last year to teach was in 2013-14, um, if that gives you some idea of my time frame. And um, so I kind of fumbled around for a while, um, trying to just figure out, trying to just learn and figure everything out. And uh, then once I decided to get certified to be a coach, uh, then things have real, and then after that, when I decided I actually wanted to work with the family members who need recovery, um, that's when things really started to take off. Uh, so sometimes I think that once we become clear on our why, the how and the what kind of fall into place. And I think the thing that has been the most surprising to me, uh, well, a couple of things really. I think the length of time it has taken me. I had no idea. I mean, I guess I thought within maybe a year, <laughs> you know, I would have this thing all figured out and, you know, everything would be up and running and this would just be so, you know, it'd be so good. And then I think the second thing um, is all the things I've had to learn, you know, um, and just all the things it takes to get all of this, all of this in motion. And um, so that has been really surprising. And I will tell you, when I first started this, some people that I was listening to, it was a, I don't really think it was a podcast. I think it was a course actually I signed up for. And I got the idea after taking this course that this was just something I could do all by myself. You know, I could learn how to create a website and I could learn how to market and I could do copy and I could do, you know, create content and uh, put it on social media and, you know, just do all the things. And I very, very, very quickly realized that that was not going to happen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's the thing I think that has surprised me the most is that I actually need a whole lot of help to make sure this, this works. I'm over here giggling because yes. <laughs> You're like, I can do all the things. And then you very quickly spend all of your time doing things like accounting and social media and marketing and not actually any time doing the work you're supposed to do. So I definitely hear that and resonate with that a lot. Um, Robin, I'm really curious, what, what's sort of the most fun part of, of your business? What's the thing that brings you the most energy day to day? Um, I think the thing that I felt absolutely in love with, which I did not, I did not think I would was coaching. I love the whole process of um, getting certified to coach uh, for the pro coaching other people and being coached myself. And I see such huge value in that, um, that that probably has been, and it was so different for me. I, because get it becoming a teacher you go to school for four years you get a job you learn then you learn to teach but this process has been so much different you know than that it's been kind of on the job learning it's learning as i go it's learning the things i need to know when i need to know them 
in finding the resources that I need along the way. Um, so, and, and also it's been a challenge, I think, to figure out my why, to get clarity around my why, to really kind of nail that down. And um, it's been fun meeting all the people that I've met along the way. I've met a lot of really cool people who are doing some awesome things. And, you know, that's always really cool. And then I think the last thing is my own personal growth. Like I had no idea that, well, that I needed to grow as much as I did, that I have. And um, through this process, I've made a lot of progress, forward progress on myself. Robin, you mentioned needing to ask for help along the way with this process. Can you talk a little bit about how you made those decisions? How you needed, you know, how you knew when you wanted to outsource something or how you knew when you wanted to ask someone to help you out with a particular task in your business? Yes. Um, well, I think as we move along and as I've moved along in this process, I've realized that there are just a lot of things I don't know. I would say marketing is one of those things. Um, that you know i have a certain skill set that i have developed through my life with teaching and all the things that i've done uh, but there but there are a lot of skills needed for this and i think when i just hit a stumbling block when i just kind of hit a wall and i'm like i've tried to do that and i've tried to do it and tried to do it and i'm getting super that that's really one of my keys when I'm getting really frustrated with what's going on and I've tried and tried and tried to figure things out myself. And then finally I'm like, Oh, well, why don't I just, you know, find someone to help me. And uh, the amazing thing I think, or the thing I've been most amazed about is when I do hit that brick wall and I realize that I need someone to help and I start looking around, it's like the resources really do kind of fall in my lap, which I, and that's happened more and more and more lately. And I just, that's, you know, that's been really good because for a long time, I don't know if it was my mindset that I'm, you know, that I just need to do everything myself. So I wasn't, I didn't have my eyes weren't open and I wasn't looking for what was out there. But um, the more I look and the more I open my eyes and the more I realize the help that I need, where my limitations are, then those, those um, resources show up for me. So I'm, I'm also really curious, um, you know, given that you've been doing this for a few years now, what are the things that you're working on now to kind of push the envelope or to grow a little bit um, in your business? You know, whether that's, you know, are you growing a client base? Are you, you know, really focusing in on marketing? You mentioned that earlier. What things are you working on uh, to grow your business going forward? Well, the, for the next um, probably six months, or, or I don't really even know how long it's going to take, but the one thing that I want to work on is um, creating a workshop for my clients and also creating a couple of courses so that I have those things available. I have options for people um, besides just coaching with me. If they don't want to do one-on-one -on -one coaching, then I have some other resources that are available to them. So that's the thing that I'm going to be working on. And then I think marketing is going to be ongoing for me. There this, this seems to be a really deep well <laughs> with a lot of, a lot there and a lot to learn. And um, I think that would just naturally kind of be the next step in my business. 
Well, to put in a uh, totally cheap plug here, I'll just say our entire last season of Make Your Way was about marketing. <laughs> so Katie and I dove into a lot of different topics that you might find interesting. So speaking of resources falling in your lap, <laughs> I don't know if you'll find it useful, but I want to put a plug in there for, uh, for and others out there who are thinking about diving into marketing a little bit more as well. That was a really interesting series of conversations <laughs> that you and I had, Katie. I don't know how you felt about it, but it was really interesting. I think that we, even as people who are kind of learning and growing in our own businesses, it doesn't make it any less hard sometimes to keep doing the marketing. Like you're always learning new strategies. You're always learning new ways to connect with clients and to build those relationships. And it's one of those things that I think we wish you could just learn and then have it be done, but it's never really done. So I, that makes me ask Robin, are there things in your business that you're feeling kind of on the opposite side of that, particularly confident about that, you know, like you're, it feels like a really strong foundation for you. It feels like as you're growing, you know, like this is, there are certain areas that you know are kind of, you feel like they're figured out a little bit. You feel like you've, you know, you can move on to other things because you've figured out some of the fundamentals. Yes. I'm glad you asked that question, Katie, uh, because I have figured out um, or I have created the Thrive Method of Family Recovery and Wellness. And that's an acronym for six areas in a family's life that really need to be addressed to achieve um, wellness. Because I think, because I don't really think, but I know that families in this situation are are not in a good place. I mean, the addict's not in a good place. The families are not in a good place. And it's just so hard for everyone. And I, I wish I had had someone I could have talked to when I was going in the, in the, in the middle of all that. Uh, my son started his journey with addiction when he was about 16 and um, his father was killed in a car accident. And so our family was going through a lot of, uh, trauma and turmoil and it's continued for 20 years so it's a long very very long and rocky road so i want to offer that service to other people that i really wish i'd had for myself can you tell us a little bit more about this thrive methodology and how you came to figure out what was included yeah i can um I think, and this is an old, I know it's been used over and over and overused, but it seems so um, true in, in my life and I think in other people's lives is I felt like, and I've told my children this, I felt like for, for so many years we were barely surviving. I mean, barely surviving, hanging on, you know, by our, the skin of our teeth. I mean, we, we were just getting by. And I, and I told them finally, I was like, you know what? I've had enough of this barely surviving. I think it's time for all us all to start to thrive. And that was where the idea came from. And so with the thrive method, I came up with an acronym for the six areas that um, I feel like are most important for the families to work on. And the first area, and probably the very first thing that is that is the most important thing is to reframe troublesome thoughts. So the T stands for that. And then the H um, is to have a healthy body, mind, and spirit because, and then there are things that we can do, you know, for our bodies to be healthy, for our minds to be healthy, and then for our spirits to be healthy also. And then R is to um, value the relationships in our life or place high value on them because sometimes in this situation, 
family members get so frustrated that they don't mean to be angry <laughs> a lot of the times, but they're angry a lot of the time. And they're angry and frustrated with the person who's using drugs. Um, I stands for um, gaining insight and inner peace by setting healthy boundaries. Because uh, what I found was a lot of times the family members, I mean, and it was true for me, we, we just, we grow up, we learn how to, we just don't grow up and learn how to set healthy boundaries with the people around us. And what I found is that people who set healthy boundaries are happy people. And so that's one of the things I want to help families do. And then the V stands for um, visualizing your own level 10 success, because we all have a different level 10 success, you know, and I understand that and, and that's great. And, but I want families to, to be able to look at, to visualize and be able to see what their level 10 success looks like. And then, and then they can model the behavior that they want to see in others. And so I really do believe it all starts with us. Like we have to be the change that we want to see in other people. And I know that's been used a lot too, but it's just so appropriate and so true in this situation. And then um, E stands for embrace the courage to do all these things because it takes so much courage. It, it's, 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 a, it's a tough place. And, you know, people have to dig deep and find the courage to, to be the change. What a cool model. And, and what a great way to sort of encapsulate all of these really powerful ideas and it resonates a lot with the, the back, my own background, you know, studying trauma and stress in early childhood. Um, you know, we talk a little bit about addiction and, and especially parental addiction and those sorts of things. And a lot of what you're saying really <laughs> resonates with, with those learnings too. So I love that you've like put this into a framework that people can really grab onto and, and really kind of um, take and own um, and, and adopt in their own lives. That's, that's really powerful and super cool. <laughs> so I'm glad I got to meet you on this podcast. That's delightful. Um, I'm wondering, you know, we've talked a lot about, about kind of how you got uh, to where you are and those sorts of things. I, I'm wondering about what having started this business has really taught you about yourself. You know, what, what lessons have you learned about your own you know, ability to do hard things and your own ability to thrive in the context of this whole new business world? I, I think one of the main things I've learned, and I've really just been able to put this in words, and um, Marie Forleo, I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she's just released a book by this title, and it's, the title is Everything is Figure Outable. And so I, um, she also did a, um, a spot, I don't really know what you call it, on Oprah, where she gave this talk, and that was my first um, uh, access, or the first time I'd heard about it. So when I did, I immediately sent it to my children. All oh, they're my children. I'm like, you've got to, you've got to listen to this. Uh, but I, I think, um, you know, we if when we live that way, we see the possibilities in life. We see that every, you know, we don't get stuck in our problems, and we see that things really are figure outable. And in, in starting this business, oh my goodness, starting a new career, the learning curve is so steep. And that's, that's probably the first thing I realized um, was that um, I had a lot to learn that I knew and I had a lot of things that I needed to figure out. And if I didn't have that everything's figure outable mindset, then I would get stuck and I would just quit. And actually, there have been a couple of times along the way where I thought that was exactly what was going to happen. I was just going to get stuck 
and I was going to quit. Um, but thank goodness I haven't because I'm glad that I persevered. There are a couple other things that I learned and um, I, I may have mentioned this before, but I, I think I did when I talked about slow hustle, but I need people to collaborate with. Um, I don't need to be an island. I don't need to try to do everything by myself. It's always good to bounce ideas off of other people and get feedback from other people. And um, so that's been really important for me. And then I've had to change my mindset along the way. There have been, I think sometimes when I come up against a brick wall, I have to look and say, you know, is it something on the outside that needs to change or is it my mindset that needs to change? And oftentimes it's been my mindset that needed to change. So I've done that. And then the, another thing is I read a book by um, Ruth Sukup, I think is her last name, but it's Do It Scared. And I know Katie and I've talked a good bit about this, but I have realized and this has been such a progression for me that action is the antidote to fear. And that's what she, that's the premise of her book, Do It Scared. And that, um, yes, a lot of times I'm afraid or a lot of times I may help feel some anxiety about doing something, but you know what? I've just got to do it. I've got to take action anyway, and I've just got to do it anyway. And so those are, um, some of the things I've learned about myself, I'm sure there are a lot of others. I love that. Lots of mes messages of bravery and just jumping in and do it anyway, even if you're terrified. <laughs> oh, it's so very true. <laughs> it's like so many things that I would never have done if I hadn't just, you know, take a breath and jump in. Um, I'm wondering what resources have you found really helpful um, in when you were starting your business, especially kind of first getting it off the ground. You know, there's there's so many things that you have to think about when you're starting a business. Whether it's are you starting an LLC or are you starting a you know a different kind of business entity, um, accounting and you know all of those kinds of things. Um, I'm wondering what resources you found really helpful in that initial kind of startup phase. Because of the nature of this business, I think that the most helpful resources for me that just got me from one step to the next, to the next, to the next, to where I am today, is finding people along the way, whether it was listening to podcasts or if it was going to a person's website to see what they had done. Um, those type of reading, I'm an avid, avid, even though I'm a math teacher, I'm an avid reader. Like, I, I could, I, my favorite thing in all the world is to just curl up with a book and get lost for a couple of hours. I don't get to do that very often, but that's one thing that I love to do. And, um, and I also listen to books on Audible. So my Audible is full of books. Uh, so that's one, um, I think authors for me are mentors. And so um, I would read Primarily, those are the resources. I mean, and then in probably the last couple of years, once I got the coaching certification, um, I started to reach out and try to join groups so I could learn and have my own coach. That's been a huge, um, that's really been a huge turning point for me. I guess that's one of the reasons I, I just believe so firmly and so passionately in, in coaching that it's just helped me so much. Yeah, seeing the power of it in your own life. That's a good motivator, <laughs> for sure. Um, I'm curious. So I've been watching, or watching, I've been listening to uh, this podcast called Zigzag. 
I don't know if you're familiar with it. You might enjoy it. Uh, it's, it's by these two women who are um, primarily uh, journalists, women in media, that sort of thing. And they started their own business and they've been podcasting all the way along, talking about the different you know, things that they've run into and things they're struggling with and all of those sorts of things. Um, and one of the questions that they've asked their listeners to reflect on um, is what's the definition of success for you in your business? And it's been fascinating hearing people's answers to that because it varies so much based on what you're trying to do, but also, you know, thinking about work-life balance and all of those, you know, hot button issues. So I'm wondering if you could um, reflect a little bit on what do you think success in your business looks like? What does that mean to you? Makes me think of like, what would be my level 10 success in business? <laughs> um, to, I think it would be, I, I just, I want to serve other people and I want to help other people. And I think that if I can do that and I can actually help people to get from where they are to where they want to be, um, that would be definitely be level 10 success for me. And then, I, I mean, I think on top of that, of course, there are income goals and, you know, and another thing that would be a level 10 success for me is I really want to write a book. And so if I could, you know, I, I know I've heard people say we all have a book in us and, you know, <laughs> that may be true. Maybe we all do, but, um, that would definitely be a level 10 success for me. So I have, I have benchmarks or maybe markers along the way, you know, like if I reach this, um, this, this, that's one level of success. And then that maybe there's another, maybe all the way till I get to the level 10 success. Very cool. I always just, I love hearing different people reflect on that question and what does success mean? And it changes, I think, over time too, which is really interesting that the way I would have defined success two years ago when Katie and I first started this podcast is probably very different than I would define it now. I'm not going to take the time to try to define it at the moment because I don't have a coherent answer like you just did. Um, but yeah, I think it's an interesting thing to think about, especially as you're starting your business too. Um, I feel like sometimes we get inundated with these messages of, you know, you have to make a hundred K in your first year or you're failing, right? You know, those kinds of things. And, and it can be hard to kind of push against those messages, but um, I think it's important to think about what does success mean to you? So I appreciate your very, very candid and re reflective answer to that one. <laughs> you've, you've got your uh, goals set out. I like it. Um, one other question that we've been kind of asking uh, others we've been talking to is uh, in terms of advice or suggestions that you would give uh, things that you wish you would have known, those sorts of things when you were first starting out in your business, we have a lot of listeners who are, you know, probably further down in the business, you know, even more advanced than Katie and I are, you know, way down the line. I've been doing this for years, but we also have people who have kind of just started or who just contemplating getting started and doing their own you know, side hustle or freelance work or full, full-time business. So I'm wondering what kinds of suggestions you would have, um, things you wish you would have known when you first started, um, you know, running your own business. I guess the first thing I would have done is I would not have tried to do everything by myself. <laughs> I would have realized right away that, um, and, and not only realized, but started reaching out to, to other people to help me. Um, I think it's really um, helpful and super important for me to be in a group setting where I can see, um, you know, sometimes we get the idea, well, 
and I know we do this in all areas of life or a lot of areas of life, but maybe I'm the only one that's having this problem. Maybe other people don't struggle with this. You know, maybe this is easy as pie for them. And, you know, I'm over here sweating bullets because I can't figure out how to do this or can't figure out how to do that. And, um, you know, and when we're in a group setting and we're with people, I don't even think they all have to be like at our level. I think you can be at different levels because I'm sure at whatever level we are, we are, we're at, we can, we struggle, you know, there are different things that we're struggling with along the way. So one of the first things, um, definitely that I would do is to start looking for and reaching out for help, uh, whether it's coaching or courses or podcast, or, um, there's so many resources out there. Uh, today. Uh, and I do like the fact that um, I like either getting help from someone that's been referred to me or somebody that a person that I have some some kind of a tie with, you know, because there's so much help out there. And sometimes that can be overwhelming just it, in and of itself is that there's so many resources available. How do you find the one that's right for you? And um, so that has been really important too. And um, like I said earlier, I think once I, I um, determined what my why was and I really got clear on what I wanted to do, the re it's, ama it's been amazing. The resources just start to appear. I mean, like I have found like two or three things lately. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's exactly what I was looking for. And there it is. And I'm so excited. And then I think the last thing there, which is really important, is that we have to trust the process. You know, we have to, or for me, I have to do what I need to do. I have to do a little each day. I have to keep moving forward. And, you know, when I do that and I trust the process, I'm going to end up where I need to be. That's so huge and so hard. <laughs> when you're in the weeds and you're like, is any of this ever going to matter? Uh. <laughs> But I completely concur. Trust the process. What do you think, Katie? Well, Robin, I'm really curious. I feel like part of you trusting the process is how you've embedded parts of your personal story into your business. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about that. You shared kind of the origins and some of the connections you're making there. But it takes a lot of trust, I think, in your clients and your audience to say, this is where I came from. And this is why I'm able to help you, you know, like to, to kind of share some of those more personal details for our listeners who may be in a similar situation, you know, they, maybe they have a reason that they want to help other people because it's something they have themselves experienced. To what degree are you sharing that story as part of your marketing or as part of how you connect with clients and how are you using what you learned through that process? to decide the kinds of products and services that might be most helpful to those people? Um, I think first of all, you know, when you, when you do like for me, when this story is so personal, it, it was such a struggle and it took me a very long time to be, I don't know if it's willing to open up and share. Um, and I also think this is important. Um, I, I ran all this stuff by my son his name's Adam. And I ran all of this stuff by him because, you know, I realized I didn't want to be out there. I'm, although I'm primarily, primarily talking about me and my story, it is about him and his story too. And so I got his blessing. He's like, mom, 
you say what it, you know, you tell whatever you need to tell that helps somebody else. I'm happy, you know, because I guess sometimes, you know, we, I, you know, it's hard to think that we go through things that are so difficult and it's all in vain, you know, and, and it's, we don't, there's no part of it that can help someone else. So I had to do the work on myself and I had to do the mindset shift where I was willing to be authentic and open and share, you know, these parts, you know, our story, really, it is just our story, uh, my family's story. And um, so that took, that was, that was difficult. That was hard work and that was my work to do. Um, and like I said earlier, to begin with, and in the beginning, I thought I could help the addict. And then, you know, it finally dawned on me that I've never been an addict a day in my life. I know nothing about that. The only thing I know about is what it's like to be a family member and to go through the struggles. And I think the reason that I have such a heart for moms is because, you know, uh, it was my ex-husband passed away. And I always say sorely missed parenting partner, sorely missed. <laughs> so he left a really big hole in our life. And, um, and so I've had to pretty much walk this journey by myself because I haven't, I mean, I have people who love me and support me and care about me. Um, thank goodness. And I'm very grateful for that, but I don't have that parenting partner, that other person who loves my kids as much as I do, you know, to help make decisions. And so I've done a lot of things wrong and I know I have, and I, I've stumbled and we've fallen and we've been in the ditch and we've had to get out of the ditch. And, um, and so uh, really the Thrive Method is a culmination, I would say, of not only what I've learned along the way, but what I continue, I, I use these things every single day in my life. Um, when with my son, I mean, I will tell you this one story real quick. He's in a rehab. He's been there for two years and he's about to get out in October. Well, we don't really know. He, he's supposed to graduate in October. And so <clears throat> I haven't really given this much thought because um, it's been very peaceful with him being there because he's just been doing all the things he's supposed to do. And, you know, we haven't had, a, you know, any crises or any major things to deal with. So that part's been nice. But a couple of months ago, or maybe a month ago, he called me and um, he said when he got out, he wanted to go to Atlanta and he wanted to do a couple of things. And automatically, my mind went right back to that bad place of worry and what if he relapses and what if he did all the what ifs. I mean, there are a million what ifs there. And my mind went right back to that place of all those troublesome thoughts that I had. I ha have had, I've had a million of them in the past and, you know, I'm having them again. And so I had to really, it was kind of coaching myself. And then I talked to some other people about it, you know, to kind of get my thoughts, to reframe my thoughts and to stop thinking all those horrible things that could happen to Adam just because he's about to graduate from this program. So it's not, it's not something we do one time, like, okay, I'm going to just reframe all of my troublesome thoughts today. And thank goodness, I don't ever have to do that again. <laughs> you know, it does not work that way. It's an ongoing process. And particularly when you have, uh, I mean, I'm sure this can, I mean, I know in my own life, it applies to other things in my son. 
other than my son, but particularly when we have an addict in the family and all the, I call it craziness that comes along with that. I think it's so compelling um, that you're willing to share your story like this. And, and I think, you know, one of the things I see a lot online is people really being drawn to that authenticity and to that, like, I've been there too. And, you know, this sucks a lot. <laughs> and also here's, you know, some ideas for things that you can try to, to make life better, right? Like that's all, that's what we're trying to do is make life better and easier for, for each other. So um, I appreciate your, your willingness to share that. And, and, you know, that's something I try to do in, in aspects of my own business. Um, and, and I've found really deep connections with a lot of strangers basically because of, of that willingness to open up. So um, I certainly applaud that. And I, and I think that's, that's great. And for listeners who are, you know, feeling a little anxious about like, I don't know how much to share, you know, I, Robin, I think your point is well taken. Like you have to do the work, you know, you have to really wrestle with which things can I share and which, you know, which are, are my own and are close to my heart and need to stay there. And, and we all need to figure out our boundaries around that. Um, and I think that's different for everybody. Katie, you and I have talked about this numerous times about how our, our boundaries around those things are a little bit different and how we approach that in our businesses. Absolutely. Well, and it is such a big part of making the decision of what you want to do to present you know, yourself in your business, and also that it can change over time. You know, like you said, Robin, you know, this is something you've done a lot of work around. And I'm sure years ago, you would not necessarily have been sharing what you're sharing now, you know, like you've done the work to be in this place. Um, this has been such a special conversation, a helpful conversation. Robin, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing about your business. Um, this has just been really fun. Thanks. Thank you, Katie, and thank you, Sarah, for having me on the show. I really do appreciate it. It's been so delightful. You can come back anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we will definitely post links to information um, about Robin's business and also about the Slow Hustle program if this is something you want to learn a little bit more about. Um, you can always find our show notes at drkatylinder.com slash podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, Sarah and Robin, always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Make Your Way. Show notes and a transcript for this episode can be found at drkatylinder.com backslash MYW. If you found this episode helpful, please consider rating or reviewing the show in Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.